Welcome back, everyone. We are Hi, so everyone. excited to be spending this time with you. We're going to have an amazing night together. So let's just jump right into prayer so we can get into tonight's message. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this time. Whether people are watching in their cars, in their living rooms, Father, here at the church, we thank you for your presence that this fills, Lord, your presence that just overwhelms. Lord, we thank you for surges of joy that are just going through this live stream tonight. Lord, into everyone's homes, Lord, we thank you. Just a fresh outpouring as we, Lord, look at your word, as we begin to remember these amazing life-changing stories. We thank you for that surge of joy, that surge of faith, that surge of courage to each one of us as we jump into the story once again of David and Goliath, and we allow this truth to just penetrate our hearts, each of us, Father, on the edge of our seats for what you are doing within Light City, with what you are doing within each of us, within this city, within this region. We are excited, Father, to be in this greatest time to be alive. Speak to each of our hearts tonight as we jump into your word. In <coughs> Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Amen. So let me just jump right in if I could, because we've got a, a fair amount to cover. <laughs> I won't show you how much we have to cover tonight. <laughs> Praise God. So when we were, Alex and I, Pastor Alex and I were sharing uh, around this same scripture, the coveted first uh, Samuel yes. chapter 17 scripture, mm -hmm. uh, where the story of Goliath, if you haven't uh, read it recently, the story of David and Goliath is in that section of the scripture. Uh, and I was kind of struck when we were uh, sort of talking things out on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I was struck by this uh, sort of like that section of this story where it was telling us that all of the armies of Israel mm -hmm. were all frightened by what was happening uh, as Goliath came out on the field. And I sort of started to wonder, uh, what was it that would make an entire army get afraid like that? Um, because it, I, I kind of looked at a few of the words, and for example, uh, in the, the, the story of Goliath, it talks about him in verse uh, 4 there that he was the champion mm -hmm. <coughs> of the Philistines. Mm -hmm. And that word champion is actually a title that you give somebody who does exactly what Goliath was doing. Like they, It is such a common thing, I think that was the point, it is such a common thing to have two armies line up on either side, and then somebody goes out and does this Goliath thing that says, right. hey, why don't we just not get everybody into this big chaos? You and I can fight for 15 or 20 minutes. Whichever one of us wins, that's the winner. We can all go home, wow. right? Um, so kind of the idea that I've had before this was that what this thing was that Goliath did was so kind of crazy that it would scare everybody because they weren't expecting it. But I kind of thought, if you remember, if you've seen any of these more uh, modern movies, uh, like Braveheart or Gladiator or something like that, yeah. before the battle scene, you kind of have this scene where everybody, kind of a couple of people go into the middle and they negotiate or they kind of see if they can figure this out a different way other than we're just going to get out our sticks and our clubs and we're going to beat on each other for a couple of days. Right. They kind of have that. And so then even more so, I wondered, like, what was it? that created this mass hysteria that went all the way through mm -hmm. the armies of Israel. Right. And so it kind of then led me to kind of look at, like, who was this Goliath guy? What was it about him? I get, he was big and tall, but it's kind of one of those things, I don't know if I, I've kind of had this perspective thing, like if you're looking from one hill 
all the way over to the other hill. I mean, he's a big guy, but you don't get the perspective until you get up close. Right. And so, like, it would have been this weird thing that they were terrified. As soon as this guy comes out onto the field, everybody uh, unanimously yeah. all becomes terrified and decides they're going to quit. Mm -hmm. And they're going to hide, uh, hide behind all the bricks. Yes. And so I started to look into this guy, Goliath, and what exactly was he? Like, how did he get to this stature that he had? Right. And it says, the only thing we really know about Goliath, in fact, other than his size and kind of what his clothing was and what weapons he had and stuff like that, yeah. is that he was from this city called Gath. And so I started to look into it to find out, like, what was this city? And how, what, what, why was that information, uh, in God's eyes, it was important for him to tell us that it, he was from Gath. And so the first reference to this city, Gath, is in Joshua chapter 11. Mm -hmm. uh, you're sort of in the middle now, maybe a little, little bit past the middle of the book of Joshua. And uh, it's talking about when Joshua then was doing battle against this family or this tribe of people that were called the Anakims. And so it says there that at this time Joshua came Joshua and cut off the Anakims from the mountains from Hebron. Uh, from here and there, whatever, <laughs> and from the mountains of Judah and all the mountains of Israel, Joshua destroyed them utterly yeah. with their cities, and none of the Anakins were left in the land of the children of Israel, only in Gaza and in Gath and in Ashdod. Now, if you look at a map, those would be, if you've heard the term, the Gaza Strip, that kind of yes. is kind of like this term that we use for this little area yes. uh, in Israel. Um, and so there's this little tiny area there. What Joshua basically did was, is that he backed up all of these giants and backed them into this corner right by the Mediterranean and said, okay, you guys can, I'll, live, I'll, li I'll let you live, right. but you, you got to live there. here. Yeah. Okay. And so then you see then, um, uh, then uh, we find out who are these Anakim people, because mm -hmm. that's this tribe of people. And it refers in Deuteronomy chapter 2, and it's again in Numbers chapter 13, you know, when they say, when the Israelites come back, you know, the 10, sp the ten uh, spies and then uh, the Joshua mm -hmm. and, and Gideon. Caleb. Uh, Caleb yes. and Joshua. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, they refer to them as giants in the land. Yeah. What they're actually referring to mm -hmm. is this family called the Anakims. Right. And so then you can sort of watch the lineage here as Joshua and the, 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 the battle of the promised land includes this weird reference to these people, the Anakims, who are giants who live in Gath. And so then you start seeing this is the family right. that has produced this very large human <laughs> being, this giant, yes. who we know as Goliath. So yeah. in fact, Goliath wasn't even an anomaly. There were people who knew that there were these things, these huge people, this yes. tribe of people were who were giants. Yes. And then it kind of like in my, you know, as a, the sort of like the different commentaries, it even draws back to, to now Genesis chapter 6. If you remember, right before Noah's flood, yes. it talks about the sons of God or the angels, fallen angels now, that they w had wives who were human wives. And so you can imagine they make this, uh, there's no direct correlation here, but people yes. say that these giants were actually the Anakim family were the descendants yes. of these fallen angels who were, you know, married to human wives. Yes. And so here's what my point is. 
Uh, we, we talked about tonight's teaching as the tales from the crib. Yeah. And so it was, you're imagining now that there is all of this from all the way back now when the Israelites, the 10 spies, now the guys who came back with not an awesome report, which yeah. I'm not allowed to talk about this week because yeah. I hear that's next week's topic. Yeah. But um, they come back with all of these stories about these giants. And I'm thinking to myself, I bet you I know what's happened here. I bet you they started having the campfire stories. Right. And all of the Israelite people started to make up nursery rhymes or stories mm -hmm. about all of these giants. Yes. And, uh, you know, we were playing with Olivia. All of us were in the basement, uh, I think it was a week ago or so, and oh. we started playing this game. Yes, finish where, the story. Finish the story game yeah. where one person says a line of a fairy tale and then they pass it to the next person and the story just keeps on sort of meandering wherever it wants to go. Yeah. It's a super fun game to play. Kids yeah. love it. Yeah. But I'm kind of thinking, okay, I wonder if that's, the, we, we didn't invent that game, I don't think. Right. I wonder whether that's the type of thing that would have been happening Back in this time when this wooey, weird, kind of crazy story of angels, you know, making babies on the earth and <laughs> all of these things. And they were 12 feet tall and yeah. it wouldn't be long. I, I don't think I would get through the very first campfire story before I didn't start adding supernatural powers to these giants. Yeah, it's, it's just like when guys go fishing and they caught a fish that's like <laughs> this big or something, you know, and like every time they tell the story, there's exponential increase. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about it more from the position of when girls go shopping, the $100 item goes I down do to 90, goes down to do 80. Goes to, by the time I hear the story, it's 9.95. That's it. Kind of yeah, exactly <laughs> the same, but not at all the same. And so... What I'm kind of thinking about, because I'm, I, I'm, I'm fixated on the fact that all of these guys, yeah. these army guys, they're serious dudes. They're not militia. They're not just kind of fooling around yeah, here. Yeah, they're trained warriors. These are trained warriors mm -hmm. on, in the nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. And they're deciding all, at large, they're all going to freak out all at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, here <laughs> we have it in, uh, in the verse 11 there. Listen to what it says. And when, Paul, when Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine, mm -hmm. They were all dismayed and Great. greatly afraid. It was wow. like a simultaneous thing that happened. Yes. And it's like I'm thinking, like, what are the chances that there wasn't a single soldier in that entire army that was willing to go and show his muscle and go up against this guy, Goliath? You know, you're thinking, like, I'm thinking about guys when they're in this kind of environment, you know, can, you know who can eat the most hot dogs or, you know, all of these kind of things. There's always somebody in every group. I feel like my husband had, like, a, how many shrimp you can eat or, like, the worst kind of that, right? Mike, if you're watching, you can add it in the comment section below and let everybody know, what was the contest that you did? But yes. isn't it always, it's true. there is always somebody. There is always a guy. And if it's not, then there'll be like five guys and yeah. four of his friends are really egging him on until he finally decides, okay, I'm going to go, right? Yes. But that didn't happen. No. It's, it's kind of like they had all heard the same group of stories mm -hmm. when they were all kids. It was like universal yeah. that this was what we talked about right. at these scary campfire stories yes. was these giants right. who were in the land and yeah. they had superpowers and they were 500 feet tall. <laughs> and, you know, yes. they could, they, they, all of these things. Yes. And so finally they meet one of these guys mm -hmm. and they all turn to stone right. because of all of those stories that have been implanted into their head. Yes. They were all, this is the important part, they might not have been afraid of anything, mm -hmm. 
But let me tell you, they were all afraid of giants. Yeah, and the Bible says greatly afraid. Greatly. <laughs> greatly afraid. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you wonder, I don't think that that's, we're missing part of the story here. If there's, let's say, a thousand men who are all ready for battle, they're charged up for the day. Yes. And that first day that Goliath comes out there and, you know, thump, thump. I don't think he did that, but yeah. he did that. And it was like every one of them was said, froze and yes. ran away. Right. There's something else that we're missing. But let's compare that. Again, we can't, we don't really have the details of what David's childhood was like. Because we're going to, we're watching what was the response of the armies of Israel. Right. And then what was the response of David, right. who was for some reason remarkably unafraid of this giant, even though you should have been, you know, you know, almost like you're wondering if there's something wrong with David that he's not afraid. Mm -hmm. But he was on the, uh, as far as the armies were on one side, David yes. was all the way on the other side. Yes. And so I started to think about it in this same kind of reference point. What would David's childhood have been like? Mm -hmm. And so we only meet David and the, the idea of David now, the story mm -hmm. of his life, is one page earlier in the Bible in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Yeah. When Samuel, who was the prophet in Israel, mm -hmm. he was that, you know, Saul had come out of favor. Saul had made a bunch of mistakes. And so he had come out of favor with God and God was ready to move on and find himself a king. Um, that was going to be his God's king, yes. not man's king. And yep. there's a bigger story there. But and so he sends Samuel then out to this man, Jesse's house mm -hmm. uh, to find uh, the new guy yep. that was going to be anointed. So he said, basically, go and get Jesse, pull him out from the group, get him all of his family together. Yes. And then I'm going to set these guys up in front of you mm -hmm. and you're going to be able to tell me uh, uh, God is, is going to tell him, yeah, Samuel, which, is the, which is the next guy. So mm -hmm. it seems easy enough. And so then we find out that he does that, sort of goes through one guy after another, and we discover that none of the sons of Jesse are the God's anointed to be king. Right. And everybody's standing around wondering whether Samuel's a false prophet or something like that. It's just a bad day for him. Right. And then, then Samuel asks Jesse, like, Do you have any more sons? Do you have any more kids? <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, Jesse goes, oh, wait a minute. Mm. I think there might be one more. And he talks about this. So you kind of get a little bit of a glimpse there that it's a, there's a possibility here that David uh, didn't get invited to any of the Jesse family campfires. Mm -hmm. He didn't get to come and listen to all of these really scary stories when he was a kid. His dad didn't even remember that he had an eighth kid. Yeah. And so you start wondering whether this is a little weird mm -hmm. about how David would have come up. And then we find out then he's not only is he not uh, remembered by his father, but then they say, like, okay, can you go get him? And then Samuel says this funny thing. He says, and we will not sit down until he comes here. And I thought, that's kind of a funny thing to say. Unless Samuel was looking at Samuel's face, mm -hmm. and he knew Samuel wasn't going to go get that guy. Mm -hmm. Like, there was something that was up there that he wasn't going to. So he basically said, listen, I'm going to stand right here, yeah. and I ain't going to move until you go get me that kid. Mm -hmm. And so there's another almost look at it to say, yeah, this was a bit of kind of a weird relationship. You'd think that they would have invited him first. The big prophet of the land comes and visits. You'd right, think that they would bring mm -hmm. David in. And then when they even ask for him specifically, he still doesn't get an invite. Yeah. And so we're kind of getting a glimpse here for potentially reading between the lines what David's childhood would have been like. He would have been on his own. He wouldn't have necessarily heard all of these terrifying giant stories. Yes. And so then I was, as I was putting the teaching together, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of reading through what else do we know about David's 
life before we meet him in 1 Samuel chapter 16. And one of the things that struck me on Sunday when Alex and I were, uh, your brother and I were talking, was when David came on the scene in verse uh, uh, 26, he refers to who is this uncircumcised Philistine Mm -hmm. who would defy the armies of the living God. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, that's kind of a weird thing for him to say, the living God. Like, it's almost like I don't think I've ever referred to God <laughs> as Heavenly Father, the living God. Yes. It was never dawned on me to even refer to him as something like that. So I wondered where that would have come from. Right. And, you know, it was so funny um, that it is also in the book of Joshua. In Joshua chapter 3, Joshua says, by this you will know that the living God is among you. He makes that exact same reference. And I started to wonder... David is, seems like he's quoting a lot out of the book of Joshua here. In his terminologies, his uncircumcised, you know, they were, the circumcision yes. was part of that, you know, that first season when, they, when yes. Joshua came across. And, and then now he's referring to the living God. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, there's a pretty good possibility that the stories that David had in his crib, as it were, mm-hmm. were actually stories from the Bible. And can I tell you, if you read through the book of Joshua, we did that at the very beginning of tonight's teaching, it tells us that Joshua and the armies of Israel, they kicked butt when it came to this Anakim family. That's a totally different story than all the other Israelites, Mm -hmm. uh, the armies of Israel. They had heard about these big giants. Joshua heard about, I mean, David heard about big Joshua. And how he was really able to take care of business when it came to these giants. Yeah, we also know there's so many of the Psalms that in the beginning of the Psalm, it would say that David wrote these Psalms as a shepherd boy. Right. And and the lifestyle of worship and fostering the presence of God that he would have lived in because of isolation, like you're saying, he would have been separated from the thing that was the status, the norm, and been alone with God. And maybe with the first couple of books of the Bible or stories that were written down, like you're saying, his subconscious would have been programmed with a different history. That's the key. Yes. Because the key, what we're looking at here, is when we meet David now in First Samuel, in yeah, Samuel 17. He encounters the same giant. But he's not afraid of the giant. But he's not afraid. Right? You see, the armies of Israel, they're not just afraid. Yeah. They are terrified mm-hmm. of this boogeyman, as it were. Yeah. It's like Chuck Norris had yeah. kind of just walked out onto the battlefield, right? Yeah. Instead, David gets in there and he says, he's exactly the opposite way around. But he's that way, as mm-hmm. I'm kind of sharing today, Perhaps because the stories that he heard when right. he was in the crib yes. were radically different. Yes. And so really what we need to do then is when each one of us are looking at that, we are on this right now when it comes to really understanding how to defeat all of these mechanisms of the kingdom of darkness as they try to fill our heads with all of these triggers mm-hmm. and get us to all of a sudden we're on our way we got lots of momentum things are happening right. we're going to overcome the world and then all of a sudden goliath shows up one right. of our giants shows up and bam we're all hiding in the in the in, yes. in the weeds after that mm-hmm. and the devil is able to do that systematically it doesn't matter how much faith we have right. if we cannot push through these kind of events in our lives right and one of the key things is to, for each one of us to look back at our childhood. Right. Not that we can necessarily get too deep into those things, but yeah. looking at them and realizing that we're raised on Disney. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we have a thing in our home about Disney because <laughs> at the beginning of every Disney movie, there's some great tragedy. Yeah. 
you know, I wonder how many kids learned there was such a thing as tragedy because they watched those shows. Yeah. They turn out good in the end, mm -hmm. but man, those first couple of scenes, I remember the Bambi one, it's just like, oh my gosh, yeah. Land Before Time, and there's all of these things that are yes. really filling you with a lot of fear mm -hmm. uh, in order to get the story going. Yeah. I'm thinking about other places where, you know, the devil and evil people are uh, a main part of most of the stories that we watch, mm -hmm. especially superhero movies and all of those kind of adventure movies and yeah. little thriller movies that we have. And, and we realize that the evil is, is, oftentimes in a lot of those movies, uh, evil or a psychopathic personality, <laughs> that's actually their superpower, is that they are evil. They don't, they're not really smart. They're not usually not good looking. They yeah. really don't really know what they're doing. They're just evil. Mm -hmm. And that kind of can put the wrong concept into the hearts of these of little children when, or us, really. Yeah. When we were little children, we need to be able to look at that and go, wait a minute. I, you know, I might have learned some stuff that was upside down. Yeah. Um, and then we find it, that it's typically the good guy comes into the equation mm -hmm. and the good guy usually uses some superpower or something like that, which we don't have to be able to solve this great evil problem. And so you kind of go all the way through some of these shows and you're realizing, I don't have evil and I'm not going to go up against, I don't want to go up against the devil. I don't want to go up against evil. I'm not equipped to do that. I'm not Indiana Jones or I'm not <laughs> Captain America or I'm yeah. not equipped. I'm not the Hulk. I can't handle these things. Mm -hmm. And we sort of have these slowly, these stories that are growing just like the stories that would have grown in the hearts of the armies of Israel mm -hmm. when they were talking about their evil person, mm -hmm. which was these giants, which had become sort of supernatural beings by the time they get to these stories. Mm -hmm. um, and also that most of the time, at least for my life, the heroes of stories were guys, right? They didn't tend to be the, you know, we've seen a few of the modern day when the, the, the actual, the, the superpower person was a female. Mm -hmm. And so that can be like how disempowering that is to females when they're not really the ones who ended up being, you know, they're kind of the, at least the shows that I can remember as yeah. mild childhood, mm -hmm. the, the female was sort of like just the... the accompanying role. The accompanying role. They <laughs> the weren't damsel the in distress. Right. Not this female. Right. <laughs> yeah, and the third thing really is when we look at the way we mm -hmm. were raised is that we were kind of like the privileged and protected mm -hmm. group, right? So... I know we were sharing last time you and I were together on, on in the in the in this yeah. spot. Mm -hmm. We were talking about spiders, right? And how you have this little love affair with spiders. Yes. And I started to think after we were talking about that, it's so funny. I was, many of you may know, I was raised my at least my formative years were in Africa. Um, and I was thinking that, you know, we I think we kind of joked about it afterwards when we were done that day. Like well, there isn't even a spider within a hundred miles of here that could actually hurt you. Yes. And so, but then I started thinking, wait a minute, when I grew up. There were spiders that can hurt you. There were spiders bigger than most dogs. And so there was real issues that we had. We, I mean, we have snakes <laughs> in Ontario, but they're like this long and they're about that wide. Where I was raised, the snakes were real snakes. And on and on it goes, and hornets and bees. You and probably that. told me about those, which is why <laughs> I was <laughs> that, terrified. That, that could be up. Too many of your childhood stories being stories. Yeah, retold. And well, the point that I was trying to make, <laughs> though, was that um, I was raised with them, yeah. and I'm not afraid of them. You weren't raised with them, but you, anyways, you know. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I the let the Holy Spirit yes, lead you. Yes, <laughs> yes. Make a faith statement here. You're blessed and highly favored over top of this. <laughs> but I started to look at it from the position of being 
when in our culture we have kind of been uh, isolated mm. from a lot of the difficulties that might have been uh, the small wars and the small battles that would have kind of progressed to the place where we would feel like we had a little bit more going for us that when we did get in a battle against something, right. when, when our thoughts were kind of overtaking us, that we would have had at least a few stories back in our day when we would have been victorious. And so when you take a look at all of those things and you realize we're probably not in a great spot when it comes to having to learn how do I get my hands around these triggers mm -hmm. that I can be going really good one day and then all of a sudden, I don't even know what happens, all of a sudden everything falls apart and I am like shivering in my boots. Right. And it's and, and becoming skillful yes. at really identifying that moment and being able to overcome it. Mm -hmm. Mom and I were, I, I don't remember which one of these shows it was, your mom and I were watching a, one of the superhero movies, yeah. uh, The Winter Soldier Guide, I don't know which one that is, but... And the, the, the way the story, well, I'm not going to spoil the story for you, I haven't seen <laughs> it, but this guy was sort of programmed with these set of 10 words or something like that. He was a normal guy just doing okay. stuff. Okay. But then when somebody would read these 10 words to him, yeah. all His of a sudden, he be, right, and right. he would become this, you know, psychopathic yeah. Yeah. assassin killer guy. Right. Because he had been programmed <laughs> with those words. And I'm thinking about that and I'm realizing mm -hmm. that's not unlike what happened to the armies of Israel. Right. That they knew when a giant is on the scene, man, yeah. you better run. Right. Right. It's just not the right mechanisms that they were trained with in that. And I wonder how many of us have been dealing with those same things mm -hmm. when it comes to the things that we are afraid of. We really need to be able to go back and look at like, why am I afraid of a spider? Right. Especially when I've never met one that wanted to do me any harm. Right. <laughs> and really dealing as with far that. as you know. <laughs> <laughs> just saying i have some that seemed like they had ill intentions on their minds yes yes, yes they're terrifying <laughs> little creatures yes and so here's what i would like to kind of uh, end up with tonight tonight so that we really have we're going away with something recognizing and it really shouldn't be afraid you know everyone of uh, really be uh, being willing to address this in our lives yeah because when I take a look at what would have been a little campfire experience mm -hmm. for one of these guys in the armies of Israel, mm -hmm. what we experienced with television and movies and yeah. video games and all, now the internet and all of these type of things, man, we could get exposed to a billion times more mm -hmm. than what these guys could have been dealing with. And so it's okay for us to be able to at least step up and say, I'm willing to look at this and say, I'm going to have to become skillful. Right at these triggers that, I, that I'm experiencing that are constantly causing me to pull back and yeah. to hesitate and procrastinate to, you know, to steer myself into another direction other than the direction that God is asking me to steer myself in. Yeah, I'm in. just thinking about the fact that in so much of the training and the research that we've done where inner healing and rhema therapy is concerned is the idea that people can watch something on TV and yes. your subconscious <clears throat> feels as though whatever is happening in the show is actually happening to you. So in the same way, you, I'm even thinking about what's happening with coronavirus and what's happening in the world. When you're watching things on the media, your subconscious is being programmed to respond to a trigger in a specific way because you're watching and you're inundated with all of this negativity and all of this fear. And it is creating all of these roadmaps inside your mind where you see something. And, you know, I remember being a kid and, you know, watching 
watching something that I probably shouldn't have watched because my brother. <laughs> and he had a thing for scary movies. And I can remember like doing that thing where we would turn the lights off at the bottom of our basement stairs at your oh, house. Yes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden like chalk it up the stairs, you yeah. know, and you would make us go back down and turn off the lights and like find peace and be able to talk to the Lord around that. And I was thinking like, you know, nothing ever happened that would have made me afraid, but we've all had that experience where you watch yeah. something and then you feel like the exact same scenario, you're reliving it and fear grips yeah. your heart, even though there's no reason. And I right. feel like that's so huge with what you're saying because even though we may never have lived through some of these negative experiences we've seen the plethora of scenarios right. on television and right. movies in the news that have created all of these responses to these triggers of fear and even in this scenario that we're walking through it's so important to be armed with what you need in order to identify you know like my aunt joy would say with a little red flag yeah. that would go off that says i see that fear I feel that fear, but I know the tools that are necessary in order to address it. So next time the enemy tries to present the exact right. same trigger, right. I don't respond in the same way. Right. But now this time hot. I respond in faith. Right. And you're growing out of it so that uh, systematically I'm getting rid of what are oftentimes. Yes. We have those things that come up in, in the different inner healing programs. And you find out the root of this was somebody watching a movie. Yes. And they, I remember one person uh, very specifically was early on in our development stage, and there they were having spasms at night. They would wake up and they would be choking. Wow. And it finally went all the way back to he remembered that he had watched this show on shellfish allergies wow. when he was a kid. Wow. And that had been, that was like this moment. A where traumatic he, and experience. And yes. it was, he didn't even have a shellfish allergy. Right, right. But it was something that was part of what had now sort of stayed inside of him. Right. Unbeknownst to him right. that there was this situation. And that that's why you, you need to be armed with the tools because we are inundated with fearful things. Yeah. But God has formed us to be able to live in a world where there are challenges, there is negativity, there is struggle, but not to be under those things, but to be above it so right. that you were equipped to be able to bring the answers to people. Which is really to be David's the solution. message, right? Yes. David being raised in the scriptures, as apparently, mm -hmm. from his terminology that he was using, but he was now ready when he right. was, if he ever did come up against one of these giants, mm -hmm. he knew that it was just going to be a squash it. That's right. Because that's what Joshua did. Mm -hmm. The other guys heard exactly the opposite stories. Right. And it became embellished to the place yes. where you ever meet one of those guys, mm -hmm. you know, say your prayers because it's over. Right. Even right. to the extreme <coughs> that he didn't want to wear the same armor that they did. He wouldn't fight with the same weapons that they did. Right. He understood that within himself was the equipment that he needed because God was on his yeah. side. Yeah. And that program. That's what Joshua said, right? The living God is with me. That's why we're going to win. Yes. He wasn't winning because of his armor. Yes. Right? That's amazing. So th you think about how those mm -hmm. stories impacted him. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That's why your testimonies are so huge for us and before we even started tonight we were talking about which we'll tell you over the next couple of services just even some of the financial testimonies yeah, that have come in at light city amazing. it's been amazing like yeah. we have and i would probably say within the last 12 months we've had more financial testimonies come in during the coronavirus right. than we have over the course of the right. last 12 months people right. getting out of debt just miraculous miraculous <laughs> miraculous things that the world would say Hallelujah. is impossible right in especially this season now. especially now yeah. It's impossible. But God on our right. side, uh, right. you know, he allows people to stand up in the face of opposition and come out on top. Yeah. 
And so let's just get, uh, I've got a few points here that I just, uh, to give us a little bit of a script, because what I have found, um, we don't really have time to talk about some of my testimonies in this area, but really learning to identify what that fear thing feels like right. when it comes in. Yes. The sooner that you can get that, you know, mm -hmm. Alex, Pastor Alex and I talked about that on Sunday, that, mm -hmm. you know, the armies of Israel now 40 days in, mm -hmm. listening to the taunting. Absolutely. You get weaker and weaker yep. and weaker and weaker every day that that thing is, being, is, is mm -hmm. taunting you. I mm -hmm. found that, uh, anyways, I won't get into it, but identifying it, a matter of fact, not only within the first couple of minutes, right. but within the first couple seconds, mm -hmm. because those things can oftentimes hit so hard mm -hmm that you are on your back back yeah. legs so fast yeah. and that your mind is spinning with all the things that you're supposed to be afraid of right now right. that unless you are really good at doing what we're going to talk bearings. about, you mm -hmm. just can't catch your bearings. Mm -hmm. And then you spend an hour, you know, <laughs> meditating on all of these negative things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, you now need some serious help in order to get out of this panic attack or this crisis that you're dealing with. Right. And so that's going to be number one. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, don't underestimate how important it is to do that, to really grab on to that first yes. moment. Identify the fear. And identify the fear. Mm -hmm. And then once you do that, it's very important that you have a plan. Yeah. And that you know when this happens, I'm not going to try and figure out what to do at that moment. I'm just going to work my plan. Right. One of the things that I found to be so important was to memorize a short thing that you're going to say at that moment. Yeah. Don't try to think through which of all the scriptures <laughs> that you know are yeah. going to be the best one for this moment. Yeah. Even try to get it so that it's a very broad scripture. I remember the one the Lord blessed me with in the early, early season was out of the story of the prodigal son. Mm -hmm. At the end of that, the father who represents God, talking to the elder son representing the me. Yeah. And he said, Beloved, I am with you always, and all that I have is yours. Mm -hmm. And that scripture is my go-to scripture because it covers everything. One, God loves me. Yeah. Two, he's always with me. Mm -hmm. And everything I could ever need, he'll, he's willing to give me. Awesome. It really takes care of really most of the challenges yeah. that I have faced. And if I'm ready with that one, when that it's fear comes, mm -hmm. it all of a sudden, I'm out of it. Almost mm -hmm. in seconds now, mm -hmm. I'm out of that situation. Awesome. Right? And so that's going to be super important mm -hmm. to you. Um, it's also very important when you feel that feeling, at least in the beginning season, to stop what you're doing. Even if you're in a shopping, you're shopping or you're whatever, driving mm -hmm. or you're in your house doing something, stop what you're doing and focus yourself. Yes. Okay. So yes. number two, one would be to memorize a short uh, response. Mm -hmm. Two would be close your eyes mm -hmm. so that you can focus your attention. Mm -hmm. um, it's something that I found very, very helpful for me. Uh, in of my story, what I would do is we had a pool table down in our basement and I would literally walk around the pool table with my fingers in the rubber bumper area there and just walk around the pool table as I was praying in tongues and making my confessions and getting myself organized. There was something about my about closing my eyes and getting super focused right. that really helped me when it was dealing with these kind of things. It's awesome. Uh, the other thing was to pray in tongues. If you do pray in tongues, there is just something that kind of focuses your mind because you're able to zero in on the words that you're saying mm -hmm. and it gets your mind off of whatever that trigger was awesome. that you just bumped up against. Yes. The third thing to do would be to charge your mouth. <laughs> now, I because I, I've heard a lot of this or people, you know, when people are dealing with stuff, they'll they'll say things very flippantly. Right. You know, blessed and highly favored. And it's like, well, 
you know, you ought to tell your face that you believe that because <laughs> it doesn't look like you believe that. Mm -hmm. And so instead of just blurting out your memory verse or whatever it is that you have, is take a moment with it and really allow it to build your faith, hope, and love. Right. And, and, and one of the things that really works well for me is, is that if I mix the nature of God with God himself, now, so you take God, God loves me, God's with me. It's his nature to be faithful. It's yes. his nature to never forsake me. Mm -hmm. It's his nature to be generous. It's his nature to fix problems. Yes, it's his it nature is. to be available to us, his nature. And then I put that with my whatever situation I happen to be dealing with at the moment. Yeah. And I just let that just churn in my mind for a few moments mm -hmm. until I can feel it's like, yeah, <laughs> my God is bigger than this situation. Yes. I got This is nothing yes. for God to fix. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, God gets big. Problem gets small That's kind of right. a thing. Let that happen inside of your mind. That's awesome. And then once you can feel that, you mm -hmm. know, it's kind of like, you, you know, you feel like a little mouse at mm -hmm. first. You know, you want to run off into the corner and then you can feel as you're letting yourself charge up a little bit. It's like, yeah, I'm getting tougher and tougher. I'm mm -hmm. getting stronger and stronger in this mm -hmm. as I'm thinking about God and his nature. Yeah. And then once I can feel that really getting a charge behind me. Then all of a sudden, then what you want to do is you want to say that thing out of your mouth, your mm -hmm. memory verse or your that one line that you have, the very broad general thing that you want to say that just covers everything. Yeah. Then let that come out of your mouth mm -hmm. in a strong way. Right. And it, and sometimes I will I'll admit sometimes I think I'm going to say it strong, <laughs> and then when I actually do say it, mm -hmm. doesn't sound very strong. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Yes. Think Keep about going. it again mm -hmm. and say it again out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. You'll be amazed at how. That charged up words coming out of your mouth, yeah. all of a sudden it makes the situation dissipate. Maybe not at first, yeah. but you do this for a little while, even yeah. a few days, and you're going to start noticing that that thing that used to literally make ha, have my heart drop out of my chest, right. it doesn't do that anymore. Yep. I'm starting to get beyond then whatever that, and oftentimes that silly thing that would have been part of my childhood that made me trigger this thing mm -hmm. is starting to become dissipated. Even one of the definitions of to meditate on the word is to begin to just mutter the scripture. And I feel like maybe yeah. you start there where it just comes out and it's just a soft yeah, mutter. Sometimes that's all you got. That sometimes that's all you have, but yeah. you're hearing yourself declare the word and that's how faith comes. So as you hear it and you just continue to mutter on that, your spirit man is getting stronger and yeah. stronger and stronger. And that voice becomes louder than the voice of the problem. And, yeah. and that's really what you're doing is allowing that voice on the inside of you with courage to begin to rise up and yeah. remind yourself of really who you are. Like you're saying, I know I'm loved and mix that with the nature of God. What obstacle yeah. can stand in the if way God of that. God will put Jesus on the cross for Yes, me, what, what wouldn't will he, he not, do? What will he not do for Yes, that's I awesome. have this picture of this little thing we had when I was a kid. It's a, it's a flashlight, but the way it worked was you would wind up the little thing on the side. Right. The battery it just yeah. charged itself. Right. I have that, you know, and then the light shines brightly. There's even a message there about <laughs> when you crank it, it yeah. gets brighter and brighter yes. and brighter. Yes, awesome. And then the, the next point would be after you're saying it now, mm -hmm. um, what you want to do is you want to stay in the flow. Yes. Really what you're trying, what you're, what you're doing is you're, you're going to, from the, on your inner reality is you're going way, it's way up on the fear scale. You know, you can feel anxious, you can feel mm -hmm. all the knots in your stomach, all that stuff's happening. As you're beginning to declare over and over and over, just say your, you know, beloved, I'm with you always and all that I have is yours. That's what God said to me. Yes. That's what his promise is yes. to me. I know that he can't lie to me. Yes. I know he's mm -hmm. right. And more and more that you say that, 
what's happening is that you're, you're getting into that flow and you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Awesome. And then there is going to be this moment, this beautiful moment, yeah. when all of a sudden you can feel the peace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, in Colossians, it tells us that, that let peace be our umpire. Yeah. And I always wonder, early on in my seasons with the Lord, mm -hmm. I said, well, I think we're supposed to always live in peace. And so it's almost like if I would have written that scripture is like, let a lack of peace yeah. <laughs> yes. be when you know you need to Something's go to war, mm -hmm. right? Because we should be living in peace all That's the time. Right. But as we're on this journey, as many of us are yeah. right now, because we've sort of been raised in this really crazy culture mm -hmm. that has not been careful, yes, to protect um, their peace. you know, to pr not only to do that, but as we were raised uh, in our years, modern parenting kind of let Walt Disney and let the TV and let yeah. YouTube and all mm -hmm. of that raise the children, not really being aware that, wait a minute, there's perhaps in, the, in, an, in an instant yeah. something that could get in there, yes. a shellfish allergy video <laughs> can get in there yeah. that can really create a bit of a problem down the road. And yeah. so we have to be kind of big people at this stage in our lives and say, you know what, if I'm getting anxious, if yeah. I'm getting anxiety, if I'm getting nervous, if I'm getting panic attacks, if I'm getting all of these all of those nauseous kind of feelings when it comes to no matter what it is, whether yeah. it's a spider or whether it's a virus yeah. or whether it's yes. whatever. We don't let any fear in. That's mm -hmm. we can start dealing with that. Yeah. And we can use these moments of our lives when we do feel them mm -hmm. to start saying, OK, now that I felt that I know there is something wrong with what's been planted on the inside. That's right. your fault. No. But it is your responsibility now to say, you know what, I can grow beyond this. That's and it's right. really not that hard to grow beyond it. No. We just have to start pushing at it a little yeah. bit and pushing at it a little bit. And every time you push at it, it's getting a little bit easier to deal with that That's thing when good. it comes the next time. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to encourage you mm -hmm. just with those few simple steps mm -hmm. that if you will begin to use that, we're really I'm sensing for us at Light City. Mm -hmm. uh, you're welcome if you're not normally with us. But yes. for those of us that are at Light City, that this is really a place where God is focusing our attention right now with becoming super skillful at the trade craft, mm -hmm. at all of this stuff that's going on with the kingdom of darkness as they're able to just put that little tripwire mm -hmm. and we're running ahead to our destiny and fall flat on our face yeah. because there's some little tiny little thing in mm -hmm. our way and becoming super skillful at that. And this is one of the ways, mm -hmm. absolutely, probably the most important way that we can do right now mm -hmm. is to identify that fear as soon as we see it yes. and then put our auto, our auto response, not the one that we were trained with to go run and hide in the corner, no. but our auto response is that we're gonna get our, mem get our memory verse out, we're yeah. gonna churn up our mouth, we're mm -hmm. gonna close our eyes, we're gonna say those things, gonna yes. repeatedly say those yes. things over and over again, and we're flow. gonna stay in the flow mm -hmm until we can feel that peace come up yeah. and then you know go back to your day and maybe a minute later yeah. you got to do it all over again because mm -hmm. that thing is trying to come at you but again. nothing is more important than learning nothing. to stay in that peace nothing is more important than that yeah in his presence in that spot where you feel like you're on top like you're above like you are everything he said that you are nothing in your life is more important than that because true success is going to be automatic from that right. spot you don't especially have to with the it. amount of word mm -hmm. that we know yes right like man if you could just get one of those thousand yeah. scriptures that you know to mm -hmm. work in your life mm -hmm. but i'm telling you i have noticed this is where that where people get tripped up between their promise and their fruit right is that there's just some way that yeah. you get tricked or yeah. you get off course or you're 
you know, procrastinating or hesitating or yeah. those type of things. Because when it comes time for you, for God says, okay, pull the trigger right now. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. the devil shows up and goes, boo. Yeah. And you run and it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. and, and things are stolen from us constantly yeah. simply because we don't realize when that guy comes, he's going to come. Right. He's going to go boo. Yeah. And just don't pay any attention to that. Right. Know what to do. Know what to do at mm -hmm. that moment. Yeah. And then step right into the, your season of fruit bearing. Yeah. Awesome. I encourage yeah. you, even before you click off of this stream tonight, to even just take a second with Holy Spirit and yeah. allow him to identify. Yeah. If there is an area of fear that he wants you to begin with. Yeah. All of us have areas and there's no shame, no <laughs> condemnation. And that that's part of being a human is working through this process of transformation. But like you said, it's our responsibility to become the strong people of faith that we desire to be. So even before you click off of the stream tonight, take a second and just ask Holy Spirit where to begin. What's the first area maybe in your heart or in your life that he wants to start working on? Yeah. And then what's the scripture for that? What's the truth? And then just begin to that begin process. Yes, begin that journey. Yeah. And you can reach out to us. And it's a fun us. journey because you, you don't have to have that problem anymore. That's right. Living free from fear. That's a biggie. Yeah. That's it's a, a beautiful way to live. Yes. Living in peace. Peace is, peace is beautiful. Yeah. Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he fought for us to be yeah. able to live inside of this peace, to be able to live close to him and surrounded by peace all the time. Just yeah. talking about it. Jesus. You can feel like free from fear is a beautiful mm. way to live. And we want that for you. So if you want to connect with us, if you need prayer, whatever we can do yeah. to help you on this journey, whether it's our meditation audios or scriptures, we have on our website of covering a whole plethora of areas. We've done the work for you. So plug into that at golightcity.com. meditations are great too. Yes, the audio meditations. We have one on healing, um, finances. We just did the Psalm 91 meditation audio you can listen to. That's so make sure that you jump it. into that. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So let's just take a second Thank and just Lord. pray. We want to be able to pray for you. We pray that you are blessed tonight. So Holy Spirit, we thank you. As this, we take this moment and we turn to you, Holy Spirit. We just welcome your voice in each one of our lives. And we thank you that you, you know the areas, Lord. You know the areas of our heart that have been maybe struggling with things of fear. And so we thank you that even in this moment, as we turn to you, we want you to speak to us, Holy Spirit, because we know in your word is the grace that we need to be set free. And so Holy Spirit, speak to each one of us. What is the area of our life that you want us to begin with? What's the area you want us to begin to target, Holy Spirit? Just speak to each of our hearts and we promise and we commit to you to just begin to respond and to obey, to do what we know to do, to sow the words of truth and to tend that to the place of automatic fruit. We're so grateful, Holy Spirit, for all that you have done, all the words that you have given us so far. And so teach us to be people that honor your word, Lord, that honor you and honor your word. We thank you for that. Lord, I ask and we just pronounce a blessing over every person that's watching this stream tonight, over every family, every individual that's watching this stream. Lord, we thank you for courage that's rising up. Even as we speak on the series of giants, Lord, we thank you. Each of us is feeling courage and strength rise on the inside of us to be able to conquer the giants that have tried to stand in our way. We thank you that the year 2020 is an abundant, prosperous year for us. We thank you that we are are going to finish this year stronger, better, wealthier, smarter, healthier, yes. Lord, greater in every area than yes. we began. And in the name of Jesus, we hold on to all the prophetic words that you've spoken over Light City and over each of our families. And we thank you that even now, a 
as we focus on these truths, you are busy, Father, at work on our behalf. We trust you because you are the good Father. We put the care of our lives over into you, over onto your hands because we know, Father, that you care for us. We rest in that truth tonight and we receive the peace that comes with knowing, Father, that you are in control. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We give ourselves wholeheartedly to you again tonight. In Jesus' name.